All right, Rob, are you totally sure your mom's not going to like come in while this is going on? No, she's downstairs. She's watching her show. Um, this is pretty much it. everything's all set. You know, it's good to go. Okay, I just I would feel really awkward if she walked in on us doing this. Uh, hey, I would too. You know, but like I said, um, I got a lock on the door, if need be. Uh, but you know, she doesn't usually come up stairs until you know it's time for bed. So that's pretty much that's okay right there. You know. Yeah, I, I know, I, we have been friends for so long and I trust you and I, I think you know that, but I just, I'm not really sure that I, um, want to do this. Uh, I have a lot of reservations about this. I know we, we've talked about this many times before in the past and, and I understand your reservations, but trust me, I know what I'm doing. It's going to be okay. I just, I don't want to be pressured into something. I don't want to feel like if I don't do this, we can't be friends anymore. Um, I just, I'm mm, like, what if I don't like it? And I, then I've already committed to it. And then I would feel bad backing out of this. You know what? I don't if, want you to get mad. No, 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 there's not, not even no pressure whatsoever. Like if you don't like it, there's nothing to feel bad about. We just won't go through with it. You know, you, you can, there's no, like, you don't even have to back out. You just say, you know, I'm not up for this. It'll be fine. And you will not get mad at me. You, have, you promise it won't change anything. I promise. I'm not going to be mad at you. It's not going to change anything. Just, just trust me. Okay. I really don't know that I want to do this. Um, okay. I, all right. Let's just get this over with, I guess. Okay. Hang on. Uh, I've got to go, you know, I'm going to go over here. Mm-hmm. See all right, get prepared. Um, no, don't need a condom. Okay, here's the here's the virus Blu-ray. Um, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, we've talked about this. And it's a, uh, it had to happen sooner or later. You know, I do not want this getting around like our friends that I watched this. With you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know how you feel about this movie. Trust me. Mm. Oh, what's hey? Come over here and look out the window. It looks like what's up? The the neighbor like there's a new neighbor moving in and he seems to be dragging something with a with another person. Kind of looks like a coffin. What the hell? It is a coffin. That's bizarre, Rob. That's freakish. You think there's a dead body in there? Ooh. Oh. No, maybe he just like I don't people are weird. They're gothic now, so he maybe just is like I don't know, it's like a statement, maybe? maybe I don't know. Like a coffee table kind of thing? Maybe. A coffin table. I don't coffin. know. Ah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, hmm. uh what else are you thinking? Like what else why, you know, why would he have a coffin? The only other thing I can think of is uh if these guys are carrying a coffin in the middle of the night, then uh my neighbor's oh, a vampire. Shit, dude. Oh no, you have a bloodsucker living next door. That ain't good. We're gonna have to make a call to Peter Vincent. Pronto. And now, uh, maybe we should call now so I don't have to watch Virus. <laughs> <laughs> What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. 
something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. be the night of your life all right welcome back all you midnight mass creature cast fans this time around we are going to sink our teeth into fright night from 1985 i am mark and i'm always joined by the ever awesome i am rob and uh mark is equally as awesome oh thank you so much your checks in the mail (laughs) <laughs> my royalty check, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, now we are, like I said, doing Fright Night, and this was your pick. Yep, this was. So when did you first encounter Fright Night, my friend? Oh, wow, going way back. I would have to say, I didn't see it around the time when it came out. It came out in 85, right? Mm-hmm, 1985. Okay, yeah. So I probably didn't see this until 89 or 90. Okay. Um, and being the age that I was, it scared me. Like, <laughs> especially uh, evil. Like, just his voice and... Uh, Wait, before he became what he becomes or just him in general? Uh, no, him when he was a vampire. Like, oh, okay. All right. I specifically, I where, he would scare you before anything even happened. Yeah, he, he was pretty <laughs> weird, man. He He's very weird. Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. strange. Yeah, but him as a vampire is even weirder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Now I caught this in the theater. Like I probably saw probably if not opening night, like opening weekend. Um, this would have been at the time when like uh my friend worked at the movie theater, Paul, and um he would have gotten us in probably for free. Uh if not, we would have paid to go see it because the 80s was like the height of horror movies, you know, slashers were big and uh horror fan that i have been my whole life uh, i would have been going with my girlfriend at the time who became my wife uh for a while um and we definitely saw this at the theater um hmm. I, not so much like i'm a big vampire fan um but it was a horror movie and i love roddy mcdowell like i i've had a crush on roddy mcdowell since i was a little kid um the gentleman who plays peter vincent um I just, I can't explain it. I just, I've I've always had a thing for Roddy McDowell, but yeah. (laughs) So, and it's weird to think that in 1985, just a matter of three years later, I would have become a father. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I saw this one in the theater Um, and we've got like an age disparity between us. uh, So it it really did not scare me because I was like, what, uh, in my late teens in 85, because I turned 20 in 88. So I would have been like, what, 17 or so. Um, Probably, but yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. It, well, you know, I just was too old to be scared by, you know, this. But I'm not discounting you. I actually love uh, 
when I find out what movies like really had that impact on people, because I have my own movies that like scared the bejesus out of me. So that's pretty cool that it scared you. Yeah. Um, did you catch it on cable or like, did you rent it? Do you remember that at all? Uh, I believe like most movies, I think I caught it on cable. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, now, are you okay if I kind of like just do our rundown of like who all's involved in everything? Are you okay if I get that out of the way? Totally. All right. So the director is also the writer and that's Tom Holland. Um, he also is known for writing and directing Child's Play from 88. Um, and then the like the reimagining of Child's Play from 2019. He also wrote that one as well. And then um, so I love Psycho, too, because it's got Meg Tilly in it, but it's a really good like follow up to Psycho. He also. Um, wrote that one uh co-wrote it with someone else but he also stars in that one because he does some acting and he uh acted in that one now did you see psycho 2 because i know slashers aren't your thing really i was just curious if you saw it i think i might have yeah i remember the first one and i think i saw the second one is that the one with uh how do you say her name like is it cch pounder or is it like just a cuh sound uh probably is it I think it's CCH Pounder. I think. Oh my okay. gosh! No respect to or disrespect. To no, it. no disrespect. I just uh, yeah. um, not um, sure. I, the I think so. Uh, I don't have my my IMD like pulled up on Psycho Two here. Let's see. Is that where she's like the radio host, right? And he calls in, and or is that a different kind, uh, like a a later Psycho where he's got a child coming, and uh, he's going to have to kill his wife because. So he- this one, he just gets out of the home. Okay. And he meets Meg Tilly, who's working at like a cafe. He's going to reopen the motel. And she, um, I'm trying to think if she comes to work for him or she ends up staying there for some reason. Um, Oh God, this is going to spoil that movie. Um, But then it comes to find out that she's actually a plant because uh, her mother, I believe, is um, Marion Crane's sister who was killed, uh, uh, Janet Lee's sister from the first movie. And she's trying to set him up to make him think he's going crazy. Okay. Oh, you know what? I did not see that. I saw the first oh, one and then I saw sorry. the one where, you know, he's about to have a child. He calls into the radio station and he's like, I'm going to have to, um, end my lineage. And because my wife is, you know, having a baby and I don't want the kid to be messed up like me and you know, that kind of okay. thing. Now, having said all that and ruined it for you, the second one's really good. (laughs) And and if you're up for it, I highly recommend it to you or anyone else out there. Um, But yeah, so that's Tom Holland. Just really quick. He is the father of uh, Josh Holland. And the only reason I want to talk about him for a second is he was in the movie called The Fluffer from 2001, which also starred Debbie Harry. And that's all we have to say about that. We can move on. (laughs) Okay. Um, now the, I don't know about you. I think I know where you're going to go with this, but I thought the visual effects in this were amazing, like top notch. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Richard. It's, uh, um, Edlund E D L U N D. Um, and he's actually a founding member of the industrial light and magic, um, company. He's also worked on, which we covered Poltergeist, and he worked on Poltergeist 2 as well. And then this was before my time with you, but he worked on Monster Squad. 
He also worked on Big Trouble in Little China, and then which we haven't talked about, but it might be a cool one eventually. Uh, Species from '95. Ooh, you know, I did have that on one of the lists. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. So, but those are some of the films he worked on because I thought the special effects. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't ask you. Are you? What do you think of the special effects? I thought they were good. Um, some of the practical effects left a lot to be desired. Like as a kid, it scared me, but then seeing uh-huh. it now, it, it's almost comical. Some of the things, you know, we'll get into that. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, but I think as far as back then, practical effects, I, I think they did pretty good with what they had. That's oh, just my yeah. opinion. Yep. Uh, but anyway, now the film itself, it won three Saturn awards. It won the, for best writing. And that went to Mr. Holland. Best Supporting Actor went to um, Roddy McDowell, and then it won actually Best Horror Film. So I oh. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it did garner a sequel in 1988, and then a remake in 2011. Yeah, and then a remake of the, no, that, sorry, a yeah. remake of Part 2. Yeah, Friday right. Part 2. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, now, our vampire is Jerry Dandridge, and that's played by Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Now, now, is, are he, you in, is he related uh, to uh, Susan Sarandon? He sure is. I wrote that down. Okay. Um, he is the, he was born in 42. She was born in 46. So he's the older brother of her. Okay. Um, now, Susan Sarandon, of course, is like Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Hunger, which is of Eastwick. Um, but now, Chris Sarandon, are you at night? I know you're kind of iffy on animation, but are you familiar with Nightmare on Elm Street? No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Sorry, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare on Elm Street. Am I familiar with it? Yeah, I've never heard of that one. No, Nightmare Before Christmas. Are you? Do you know that one? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen the the animated film. Okay, so the main character, Jack Skellington, because I'm willing to bet that a majority of our listeners know what I'm talking about. He actually provides the voice of Jack Skellington. Um, okay. He was also in um, Lipstick. From 76. These are ones I recommend you check of his. He was in The Sentinel from 77, which you and I might want to do that on this show. Um, and then he was also in Child's Play. Um, Mr. Holland likes to work with uh, Mr. Sarandon a lot. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to do a recasting couch for the whole movie, but to me, Chris Sarandon and Eric Roberts are interchangeable. You know what? Yes. Or, um, <sighs> See, I can't remember the name of this guy, but he looks almost like him. And uh, he he did show up either like Law and Order, like one of the one of the Law and Order series. He he was okay. a, a mainstay and he looks kind of like Chris Sarandon from the 80s. And yeah. So. So, yeah. yeah. Just for me, every time, like, I'm like, you could be Eric Roberts. Of course, Eric Roberts was from Star 80 and then The Ambulance, the Larry Cohen film. And then uh, he was in the third Human Centipede movie, which if we're doing the uh, sibling stardom uh, game, he's actually the brother of Julia Roberts. And I'm not going to talk about her because uh, there's Gwyneth Paltrow and then Julia Roberts. In <laughs> so um, they're, they're both on your uh, naughty list, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so that's our vampire. Now, he's got a uh, uh, handyman, henchman, um, lover. I don't um, know what, but he, he really reminds me of like, 
Bill Paxton for some reason. Oh, I could totally see that. As, I love Bill Paxton. As like yeah. Chet in Weird Science or um Yeah. Uh, yeah. or in uh, Aliens as the the Colonial Marine, you know. Yeah. And now this actor is Jonathan Stark. Hmm. The only thing that I film I film wise that I can recommend that I've seen, he was in House 2, he played Charlie, the second story. Okay. Yeah. Wait, now, so he was he oh. was the friend, right? Okay, don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I trying just looked to look this up on IMDb. I'm trying to place who Charlie was. I like, can't remember either, but like I just wrote down the name. I thought that might help you, but he played Charlie. In okay. House well, now yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. But yeah, this I'm so, like a dog with a bone here. Yeah. Uh, but that's Jonathan Stark, who apparently came to the audition in padding, but then like beefed up, like worked out to make himself bulkier for the movie. Um now, while you're looking that up, I'm going to go into uh, Peter Vincent, our horror host slash vampire slayer, because he's played by Roddy McDowell. Now, did you. I don't want to make you. I'm just going to say it. So his name is Peter Vincent and he's a horror host. Mm-hmm. The name came from basically Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Yes. And they combined them. And then they are both like horror icons. Um, I, actually, they approached Vincent Price, but he didn't want to like really continue to do horror. So he turned them down. Um, I love Vincent price like so much that would have been awesome, but I love Roddy McDowell. So I'm fine with this. Um, Mr. McDowell is famous for uh, portraying Cornelius in planet of the apes. Um, are you a Planet of the apes fan, Rob? Um, Kind of. I used to watch the movies as a kid, but I, Honestly, don't remember much aside from get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Um, so that's pretty much it. I tried like I in theory, it seemed like something that should have appealed to little Mark, but I just could not get into them. I I think I saw bits and pieces of all of them like they would play on the TV while I was doing something. But I they just I found them very slow moving. I think I may have been too young. Um, hmm. I just they didn't hold my interest very well. Um Nothing against them. It just wasn't my thing. Um, now, I love Night Gallery. And one of my favorite segments has Roddy McDowell in it, and it's The Cemetery. And if you want to look it up, anybody, it aired in 1969. They're on Blu-ray. You could probably find them, you know, like just doing some internet searches. It's so creepy. It's one of my favorite ones still to this day. Um, look it up. He was also, because, okay, one of the things that I like about Fright Night is it's so very gay. And we'll get into like why I'm saying this. But Roddy McDowell is a gay actor. He was very good friends with Rock Hudson, who's another gay actor. And they did a couple of movies together. The first one I want to talk about is Pretty Maids All in a Row from 1971. And it involves like all of these like high school girls ending up murdered. Um, and Rock Hudson's like the real hot coach that they're all like having affairs with. Um, it also has Angie Dickinson, who I love, but Roddy McDowell's in that movie with him. And then he was also in another Rock Hudson movie called Embryo, um, also, uh, also from the seventies. So I recommend those two movies. If you're fans of Roddy or Rock Hudson or the two of them together. Um, apparently like Roddy was very famous for pool parties, like pool parties, uh, and Rock would attend those, um, 
Okay. The kind I would go to, the kind you would not go to. <laughs> so like swinger parties or something. Huh? Yeah, kind of like, you know, shorts were like probably not even an option. You just didn't bring your swim trunks. <laughs> Bottomless um, parties. Yeah, right. Exactly. Then I love a good haunted house movie. Like I love a good haunted house movie. And this one was on TV all the time. It was called The Legend of Hell House. Um, it was kind of like. Did you ever see The Haunting, uh, either the old one or the remake with the Owens with the broken nose and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones? I believe I did, yes. Okay, so it was kind of based on that book, but they changed it a bit, so it's a little different, but it's I love it. It's ultra-atmospheric. Um, that's a 70s movie, 73. Love that one. And then I love animal attack movies, and he was one in one called Shakma. I love it so much. <laughs> Just look up the trailer for Shakma because they say Shakma like a bazillion times in the trailer. It's about this like, uh, uh, what is it? It's the one really crazy, a baboon. It's about a crazed baboon. Oh, uh, wow. It's great. Um, but he plays our horror host, Peter Vincent, our reluctant uh, vampire slayer, I should say. Yeah. And did you notice um, like in one of the first scenes when Charlie's watching Peter Vincent slay a vampire, Peter Vincent is actually holding the stake backwards. Oh, <laughs> ready to nail it into the vampire. But the point, the pointed end is face towards Peter Vincent. <laughs> That's cute. I'm sure that was done on purpose. That's very cute. Um, I love stuff like that. I just, <laughs> I want to hug Peter Vincent so much in this movie. Um, very much. Um, now our main protagonist is Charlie Brewster, um, who's apparently a high school student. Uh, he's portrayed by William Ragsdale. The first film that I believe he was in was called Screens of a Winter's Night, and it's a horror anthology from 79. Um, then I love Treat Williams, and he was in a movie called Smooth Talk with Treat Williams and Laura Dern. Most recently, he's been in Knock at the Cabin from 2023, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. And then Renfield, which if you've not seen that one, Rob, you need Renfield in your life. I think you get a kick out of it. I've got um, to see it, yeah. Yeah, that's also from 2023. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, it's a really good, fun movie. I think you get a kick out of it. Um, now, Charlie has a girlfriend named Amy, Amy Peterson, mm -hmm. who I love this actress. It's Amanda Bierce. Yes, and I, the only thing I honestly remember her from is Married with Children. She's Marcy Darcy. <laughs> I love her. Okay, so... Uh, much like Mr. McDowell, she is a uh, lesbian actress. Uh, she came out in 1993. She's married. She has children. Um, now, so this is an 85 movie. She also worked on a movie called Fraternity Vacation. And if you go by IMDb, it looks like at least as far as release wise, Fraternity Vacation came out before this one. What's interesting about Fraternity Vacation is it stars Stephen Jeffries. So the two of them also work together on that one because Stephen Jeffries is Evil Ed in this movie as well. So the two of them had worked together before or at some time. Um, now, she was also in a movie called The Doom Generation from Greg Araki, the director, and that's a 90s movie. It, are you familiar with this movie at all? No, I'm not. Okay, it has Rose McGowan in it. Ooh, love Rose McGowan. Yeah, I think you need to have this in your life. That's why I'm bringing this up. Um, I think you, I think you'll thank me after you see the Doom Generation. Um, it might be hard to find, but I believe it's getting a Blu-ray release um, coming up shortly this month or next month. 
Um, so I would seek it out, Rob, and everyone else out there. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty intense, awesome movie from the nineties. Um, she was also in here comes the monsters from 95. And then most recently she was in bros, which is a romantic gay comedy, a rom-com, um, with Billy Eichner, who I love, uh, from 2022. All right. Last but not least, we have Stephen Jeffries who plays evil or Ed. Um, and he's their creepy friend, I guess. I would never put this guy with these other two people ever. To me, he wouldn't have friends ever. Yeah, he's, uh, I, I think they like to make fun of him more than their actual friends with him. It's just a very odd situation, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that like if he didn't have the knowledge of horror, they wouldn't need him in their life. That makes sense. <laughs> They're almost like using it for his knowledge about how to get rid of vampires. Um, now, okay, so this actor is also gay in real life. Um, he was in the movie 976 Evil. He played the character Hoax. Hoax. Oh, I remember that. It was directed by Robert England. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yes, yes. Who actually was very um, unhappy with the result of the movie once it came out because there was so much meddling from the producers and everything in the studio that it really wasn't his vision. And I would like to see his version of it because it, I don't dislike the movie, but it feels like it has been meddled with, if that makes sense. I would really like to see Robert England's version of the film. But anyway, now, um, so Mr. Jeffries uh, went through a stint of doing um adult films um, under the name Sam Ritter. And I guess the one that stuck out most to me title wise was mechanics by day BI and then lube job by night. BI, <laughs> uh, And that was in 95. I didn't see it. I just liked the name. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm sure there are people who like he checks every, you know, button you have. I don't want to, I didn't want to see his nude scene in this movie. I don't want to see more of him nude in a movie. <laughs> Does he actually speak like that? Or was he just kind of playing it up for the, that role where he's like, ha, 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 you know, doing. I, I don't know because to me, he's the same character in the other two movies that I've seen him in. He, oh, he does okay. the same thing in fraternity vacation and he does the same thing in nine, seven, six evil. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. And I don't want to find out. Yeah, um, see, I have to watch 976 Evil again because it's been such a long time. No, I think you need to watch Mechanic by Day, <laughs> Loop Job by Night, and then see if he's the same person. Anyway, so those are our characters. We've done the rundown, so that's out of the way. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that like people don't just tune me out because I really try to recommend things that I think would be interesting for you to like, uh, kind of like check out as far as the other... Uh, works these people have been involved with i try these are like little movie recommends that you may mm -hmm. not have seen so anyway okay so fright night so we open uh i love that we open up with a full moon and there's that wolf howl and everything and the neighborhood so it's like really creepy as we pan towards charlie's house and everything yeah it gives you that halloween kind of vibe yes exactly and then they're watching uh fright night which is the actual program that peter vincent hosts it's like a weekly horror TV show. Um, and I swear that is like a really, well, a, a very bad movie or a really just like vampire porno. 
the way that, that they're, they're watching. Yeah. Well, the way that the actors are talking, I know it's, you know, made for like a, a fake television show, but it's just like, oh, Mr. Vincent, you mean, you know, the, oh, way, yes, the way that yes. they're speaking is just like, <laughs> that's like yes. porn energy right there. It is. It is. It is. What what I do like is throughout the movie, they intercut real films into his TV show, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, as they're playing the film, Amy and Charlie are kind of maybe going to have sex, but like she's not right quite into it. And <laughs> that kind of gets thwarted mm-hmm. when Charlie notices that he has new neighbors moving in. Yeah, like um, she's already at this point. She's like, OK, we're finally going to do it. And she takes off you. her shirt and uh, he's too busy looking out the window. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so then she gets all upset. She just storms downstairs. because <laughs> he's like, She didn't even want to do this. And then she's kind of like giving in and he's already like onto something else. Yeah. He's got, he's got ADHD. Yeah. Typical straight guy. Um, so <laughs> I'm assuming, cause I don't really know. I'm not speaking from experience <laughs> now. Okay. So I feel this is a trope in so many of these movies, but mom is just a moron. Oh yeah. She's totally clueless. And um, like, not only that, but he's supposed to be in high school and she's allowing girls up into his bedroom. Yeah. My yeah, that, parents did that, that as wouldn't well. Happen. Actually. That would not. Well, your parents probably like knew that you wouldn't do anything. <laughs> no, I honestly, I almost think that they were in such like denial that they're like, no, let him have a girl in there because this means he's not gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It's a weird twisted game people play. Um, Yeah. I had to have my bedroom door open um, and I was constantly checked on. Yeah, no, that's not the case for Mark. Um, (laughs) But anyway, yeah, that's how I ended up with the son. (laughs) Oh, but anyway, okay. So anyway, we're off more effective. So mom makes mention that she hears the owner is very attractive. Um, and then I love in the background, if you listen, the newscaster is talking about murder victims, like all throughout the movie. Oh yeah. Like an, another mur- another body was found. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, so we get the next day and this is where we're kind of like, uh, introduced to the character of evil. Um, it, it, I'm sorry, but he's just so so odd to me and this is they're having like a little discussion and then amy storms between the two of them because she's still so mad at charlie so charlie drives this like weird like beater car it just looks looks like something a teenager would actually own and so like in a lot of these movies they're driving these like super like fancy cars yeah real souped up but this is like something a teenager would really own but (laughs) he's got this car and then um this woman shows up and she's looking for um an address that is not his, it belongs to the house next door, which has just been, um, I guess, purchased by the vampire and his handyman. Ah, yes, um, the woman in the blue dress. Yeah, and then mom speculates that the new owner is probably gay, um, which, so I want to address this because Tom Holland, the writer, wrote them as, as a gay couple. You know, I thought they were, I thought they had like a thing going on, you know? But apparently Mr. Stark and Mr. Sarandon never 
clued in on this. Really? Until they actually saw the film. And then they're like, oh, um, so they weren't really picking up on the fact that they were a couple of any or romantically involved in any way whatsoever. Um, I just want so you you picked up on that, too. Yeah. When I was watching it last night. Um, it's just like, like I said, I, of course, as a child, I didn't pick that up, pick up. Right, on right. That. Yeah. But yeah. last night I was like, wait a minute, something is something is a little different about these two here. You know, it's not just like a a roommate kind of relationship. It's like there, there's definitely something going on here. You picked up on the vibes. They were yeah. Putting down. Yep. I, I think for me, it wasn't. How do I explain this? It wasn't the way they interacted. It was more the way they looked. Like if 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 Billy's character had not been had he been like uh, not handsome or just unkept or so I don't know not you can I realize that gay people <laughs> look different ways and sometimes they are not I mean I realize this but I think that the fact that they looked the way they looked um, made them seem more like a couple to me. Than if he had looked very different, like if he had looked all like crazed and disheveled, I don't think I would have made it automatically jump to that. Oh, they're a couple. Also, they both wore that 1980s gay fashion. Yes, that's yes. They looked like yes. They looked like a stereotypical gay couple in my mind. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Without offending anyone, I don't mean like to make fun of or offend anyone. It's just the way that they looked. It was kind of made pretty obvious, like the with uh, the way that they dressed, the way that they like looked at each other sometimes and um, Mm -hmm. how how upset uh, Jerry Dandridge got when you know, the thing that happened happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So anyway, so now we're back on track. So, um, well, no, I guess I want to say, and I, okay. Me of all people. (laughs) So you can, you know, identify one way and still have sexual relationships. You could be fluid, you could be bi, whatever. But so, you know, his main source of victims um, at least what we see seem to be female. And judging from another um, victim coming up where it's implied that he's getting physical with them. So I wonder, like, is he really becoming sexually intimate with them or is he just gets them naked and then bites them? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder, yeah. like, not that it matters. I'm just curious, like, how far does that progress? I wonder. I wonder that. I think, um, Honestly, like, have you seen the show True Blood? Oh, my gosh. Oh, are you kidding? There's male nudity galore. Yes, okay. I've seen True Blood. Yes. I think oh it's more God. like. I love uh, True Blood. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more like Vampire Bill and Eric, where they're just like vampires will fuck everything, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it's more like that, where they're just like kind of. Would that be pansexual or. Like, I, I'm bad at this. I'm not making fun of anybody, so I'm not yeah. going to comment. No, I don't I, know the, I'm not even going to comment because I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, um, I, I just I know. OK, so they're into like whatever's available. Like if they're if they're attracted to someone, then they're going to go after them regardless if they're male or female. Yes. Or is he really attracted or is that just a guise to get them up there? Because it is the 80s. Mm, yeah. 
So we have to look at it through the 80s eyes. It's not quite as acceptable back then. And but also it seems like it would be easier to get the women up there. And then like if you've paid a, prost, uh, uh, a sex worker, if you've paid a sex worker, I, I think you would kind of want them to play along. So like you do mm. get them topless and bite them. It's not like he's biting them during intercourse. Right. But you know, we're, yeah. we're thrown for a loop because apparently the painting of. Uh, yes. His Amy, first love. Amy. Yeah. 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 Who resemble? Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Yes. Maybe you just. But gosh, if you live that long. You know, we're assuming he's lived for whatever. I mean, I, maybe you do fall in love with, you know, different genders, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I, okay. Well, thank you for humoring me and going down that little sidetrack. Okay. Oh, that's fine. It's it's nice to pick apart these things, you know? Yeah. See, I do that. Yes. Thank you. That's why I like having these conversations with you. Okay. So Amy's finally forgiven Charlie and she joins him at like a little malt shop and they both confess their love. And again, <laughs> you all throughout the movie, you hear the news talking about more and more victims. And they, and they, this time they actually address the fact that they found a sex worker who were led, you know, two and two will tell you it was probably that woman. Yeah. Did they um, say what she was wearing, though? Oh, I didn't write it down. I wonder if they did. Or would she be dressed at all now? Did they dress the body again or just hmm. throw her out there nude? Yeah. And did they mention that they the bodies were wrapped in like a trash bag? The only thing that I have is that Evil mentions that her head was chopped off. Oh, OK. Probably yeah. so she wouldn't become a vampire. Yeah. And this is where Amy again. feel. Oh, see, I didn't even go there. Oh. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Rob. Thank you. That, thank you. Because okay. like he would, if he, if he was like biting people and turning them into vampires, he would draw attention to himself. Yeah. Uh, well, and then you have all these va vampires like hanging out. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That I'm serious. <laughs> I would hug you if we we're in the room together in a non-sexually threatening way. Oh, no, I, gotcha, I never, I, gotcha. I never thought of that. Thank you. Okay. That's amazing. All right. So, um, and then Amy's pissed off and she hits him in the face with that burger, which is just, whatever amy yeah, it's like uh, how many times is, are they going to break up and make up i know i know well that's a teenager i don't know were you like that i was like that we we fight we break up no i i wasn't like that like with me it was like breakups there there was no makeups oh no we were hot we were cold we were <laughs> yes and we were no we were in we were out we were up we were down i was a weird kid yeah no I, well, anyway we're not, this is not about mark okay so we're going on um <laughs> so here we go um so now uh chris spies those like cellar doors the, the storm cellar doors that lead like kind of down to the basement mm, yeah he wants to find out about that coffin mm -hmm, but this is where billy kind of spooks him and he like runs back home so that night it's all misty and he's watching tv he is watching the movie Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, which is one of Mark's favorite movies, which, like you said, this movie scared you. That movie scared me. I love that that clip is in this movie. I love it so much. Um, anyway, so he's sitting there watching the movie. He eventually passed, not passes out, falls asleep. There's junk food all over the place. But he awakens to see our vampire neighbor um, actually kind of entertaining another young woman oh but, yeah and at this time i thought that was the same woman in the blue dress 
that we saw earlier, but then no, this is a different person. That this one's a brunette. The first was a blonde. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I noticed this because I am gay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but in turn, because if Christopher can see, I mean, Charlie, if Charlie can see them, the vampire can see Charlie. So Charlie, no, sorry. So the vampire kind of makes eye contact with Charlie, but then draws the blind revealing these creepy long vampire like digits and a ring on his finger. And did you see, he did it ever so slow as to kind of draw things out. It's kind of like he's effing with Charlie already. Oh yeah. He's like, ha, you're going to start some shit. Are you? Well, Mm -hmm. yeah. So Charlie runs to wake up his mom. And then outside we see that um, Billy has pulled up with the vehicle and now they're loading something inside. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of obvious that it's like a dead body wrapped in a trash oh, bag. It truly is. It's like Laura Palmer all over again. Um, that's for our Twin Peaks fans out there. Okay. <laughs> so now we get this overhead POV shot. It's kind of like you, you get the impression it's like a bat. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, and then all of a sudden now Jerry is down there with Billy and he kind of tosses him a purse, which clearly probably belonged to the woman. Mm-hmm. And, now, and, while uh, Charlie's out. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Charlie's in the bushes at this time, right? Yeah. And this is where moron mom as a stupid mom would do, just flings the door open and starts calling him. Charlie, are you out here? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then that just gives away the fact that he was spying. And that's when Jerry, the vampire, just kind of like tosses that apple his way. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he's because he's got like vampire vision. So, of course, he sees him like hiding in the bushes and stuff. Now. Is it just me or most vampire lore, they can't really eat. Correct. Yeah. In a lot of what I, they can't hold down actual food. It has to be blood. So what's the deal with the apple? Because if you notice, if I'm not wrong, the only thing he ever eats in the film is an apple. Yeah, is we see trying- quite quite a few apples, actually. Is he just trying to keep doctors away? <laughs> I think there was some trivia on that. Oh, okay, um, okay. But it, it was something to do with... Damn it, I wish... All right, you're going to have to bear with me for a moment here because I okay. lost the page. I'm but, I'm going to go ahead while you're doing that. Is that okay? Okay, yeah. Because I really do want to know about this because I'm like, it, like I said, I don't think they can eat, but he's always just eating an apple, which I thought, anyway, okay. So, you know, Charlie's trying to film mom on the story and she's not buying it. And then the next day he tries to tell Amy and she thinks the story is some ploy to get her back, which I don't even know how that would work. Um, and then he says he's going to get the police involved. So actually the police do show up. Uh, they're kind of taking him seriously. Um, the lieutenant goes next door, bringing Charlie along, and Billy lets them inside. Um, wisely, Charlie holds back the whole vampire angle. Mm-hmm. And so the police kind of tells Billy the whole story that Charlie has given him. And then um, anytime Billy would come back with something that kind of like doesn't jive with Charlie's story, he just calls him a liar. And then that's when, and I love how Charlie's just, going through their house, like their property and just like touching things. We yeah. be like, no, don't do that. Uh, but this is where he spies that, like you were talking about the portrait of Amy. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I think that would have like, 
I would have had like a stronger reaction to that than he did, but whatever. Um, and then so Charlie wants to look in the basement for the coffin. And then that's when things kind of spiral out of control. And Charlie seems to see, seems to uh, appear more and more crazy to the lieutenant. And then Billy's like putting a stop to this. But luckily, the lieutenant's now so aggravated with Charlie, he just drags him out of the house. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to put up with your crap anymore, kid. Yeah. And the, the lieutenant takes off. And then we see that Billy is peering down at Charlie. And then Charlie notices it's 423 p.m. and he takes off. Um, if I'm not mistaken, like, was that a church at the end of his street? Did you see maybe, that? Oh, maybe. Okay. So since you said that, I'll, I'll just drop this little thing in there real quick. This is just trivia. Okay. So now there was a Disney movie called something wicked this way comes, which is a great gateway horror film for younger people. But a lot of the, um, outside shots, like the neighborhood and stuff they used on that film first. Oh, really? So if yeah, so if oh. you've seen something wicked this way comes, you may recognize a lot of the different um, um, surroundings from that film. But anyway, I'm not saying there isn't. I just didn't notice it. I'll be honest with you. Oh, and about the apples. All right. So, okay, here we go. Yeah, that was Chris Sarandon's idea to have him eating apples throughout the film because he was researching vampires looked at information about bats and I guess it was a joke on his part where he said Jerry had a lot of fruit bat in his DNA. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Because he's gay, even though Chris didn't realize, pick up on the fact that he was gay. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. All right. So now they're back at, thank you for finding that by the way. Oh, no problem. Um, I, I had it there, but then I lost the page. So thank you. Um, so Charlie's relying on, evil ed um for his uh knowledge i guess about all things horror and vampires and kind of evil i guess fills him in because eddie's gonna pay him off with eight bucks on what he needs to do to like fight off this vampire what i find odd is uh charlie is an avid horror film watcher but yet he knows nothing about vampires and he's got to consult with evil about this Yes, I yes, I agree with you on that. Yeah, yes. Uh yeah. I yeah. <laughs> uh, good point, my friend. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one too. Cuz I'm like if you watch as much of this stuff as you do, you, you should not need to enlist the help of anybody. Yeah, it seems like uh, he's con like every time he's home, the television is on and he's consuming yeah. this media. Yeah. Which basically is a peek into Mark's life as a is a teen is a preteen is a <laughs> kid yeah um so they determine that the vampire is going to strike during the night and then he's going to come to his bedroom so evil fills him in he's going to need a cross but he's got to have faith in it he's going to need some garlic and he's going to need holy water breast breast blessed by a priest <laughs> breasts um, by a priest <laughs> breast by a priest and of course we all know a vampire cannot enter without an invite that's right which um a horny mom takes care of <laughs> yeah so charlie's home he's nailing shut the windows and then we hear more on mom Charlie, can you come down here for a minute? Because she's, of course, invited him inside. I do love the reveal because he enters, Charlie enters the living room and like the vampires 
in this wingback chair that we see the back side of, and you just see his hand with that ring on it that we oh, saw from yeah. earlier. I thought that was cool. So he makes the crack that now that he's been invited, he'll feel free to drop by it anytime he feels like it. Right. And then Charlie just books it right back upstairs. And he's, Jerry's like, it's nice to meet you. I'll see you soon. Yeah. He's such a dick. Like, did you, oh, yeah. did you get that where he's like, he knows that um, Charlie is up to something. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to mess with you too, kid. Oh yeah. He is. Yeah. You don't, he's the kind of neighbor you don't want <laughs> On on to get on the bad side of <laughs> yeah definitely he's like stop being so nosy damn it I know and how did he get the mom's panties in his teeth <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> they did get stuck in his fangs though right he was like flossing with her her g string <laughs> anyway okay so now it's nighttime uh, mom's in that weird sleeping mask and so Charlie he awakens when he overhears noises like from up above like on the roof. Oh yeah. Oh wait, no, I lied. I'm sorry. It's a squeaking noise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that was the tree hitting, uh, hitting against the window. Wasn't it like scraping against the window? Exactly. Because in every horror movie, there's always that darn limb that drags across back and forth on a window. Yeah. They really let those trees grow close to the homes there. They sure do. So he comes downstairs with his crucifix. He's walking down towards it. It's a tree limb. So we get that moment of relief. And then we see that, Jerry is actually in the mom's room and he leaves through the bedroom door and like does that weird like like extra hard tug on the door. So now she's kind of like locked in there because like the jam, the door jam is like stuck now. Yeah, he split the entire like that whole part of it right there. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So now he's inside of Charlie's room and I do love that he's whistling strangers in the nights. Oh, Uh, I didn't even notice that. I thought that was a nice touch. So um, Charlie actually sees next door that there's a light going off. So I think that gives him a false sense of security. Yeah, he feels like he breathes a sigh of relief. Yeah. So he goes back, you know, he's, you know, in his room. We see, which I always love this, the shot of Jerry coming up behind him. But Charlie doesn't realize this till he's actually right up behind him and he Mm -hmm. grabs him by the neck. And he's like, kind of like starts not like taught. Well, he does. He tosses him into the closet and then he grabs him again. He, you know, he accuses him of spying and disturbing his sleep and telling the cops. Yeah. And uh, And he's taunting him like the whole time too. Yeah. And he's like, you deserve to die boy. Um, But he's going to give him another choice. He's going to give Charlie a choice. And this is where he, Charlie pulls up that cross, but then you're just kind of like, just, Squeezes it right out of his hand, basically. Yeah, did that? Okay, I wanted to ask you this because I'm still not sure. But okay. I always thought like the cross melted in his hand, but w- w- did he just kind of crush it and it just collapsed? I think he just crushed it and it collapsed. That's okay. what I think. That's how, I, that's how I'm taking it. All right. Because um, he didn't react like, if it melted, his hand would have been burnt. And I don't feel that we got the reaction of a burnt hand. It was just like, uh. Yeah, it was kind of like nothing to him, but it, like in my eyes as a kid, it looked like it was melting almost. Oh, like it gotcha. was made yeah, of I chocolate. It, <laughs> it was just, 
It was all those stupid Easter crosses you get in your basket. Yeah, yeah. Eat. Yeah. <laughs> this is what your Lord and Savior died on. But now you can have it as a snack. <laughs> you can um, eat the body of Christ. <laughs> right. So anyway, so all those nails that Charlie had like nailed the windowsill with his, are like going to be his demise because like Jerry has raised the window. So now the like sharp points are all sticking downward. And, and he's like holding uh, Charlie out the window. And they're kind of like scraping against Charlie. And this is where the picture of Amy like falls out and like kind of like like lands on the little picket fence. That separates oh, the yeah. Two properties. That, I thought that was a foreshadowing at first, but nothing happens with it. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is where he stabs the vampire with a pencil through his hand. And as the vampire is bellowing, no, that wakes up mom. <laughs> And then, so when he's been stabbed, he kind of turns into his more vampiric form. Yeah. Jerry. And did you yeah. notice that the where he was stabbed through the hand, it was smoking? Yes, exactly. Now, real quick, apparently these contact lenses like wreaked hell on everyone involved that had to wear them's eyes. Ooh. Some of them, like, um, uh, uh, Evil Ed's eyes, the mm-hmm. contacts actually had glitter in them. Oh, man. And, and it resulted in like temporary blindness for a while, like sight loss for a while for that actor. I can uh, see that happening. Yeah. Uh, the one scene where like uh, Chris Sarana was on the stairs. Eventually, he does not wear them, but he was supposed to wear them. And he just kept falling because he could not see at all because of the glitter. Um, Amanda Beers, they had to keep. Uh, like um, sanding hers down because the glitter was so sharp. They were so painful. She couldn't wear them. Like they were a nightmare for these actors. Um, Wow. So it was when they were wearing, it was actually scratching their corneas or something. Yes. Yes. And apparently Mr. Holland liked the way the um, light refracted, like the way the glitter would catch the light. Okay. So the effect of it, he really liked that. Or maybe it was, I don't know if it was Mr. Holland or Mr. Uh, Edland. I don't know if it would be the director or the effects guy, but the, 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 the purpose of the glitter was the way it like would catch the light. But yeah, it was like, it wreaked havoc on the actor's eyes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. So he turns and he actually, when he, mom starts coming, he kind of reverts back to his own form, human form. Um. And then he uh, he he just like hightails out the window. Yeah, I out the hall window. Yeah, I didn't get that part because it's like, why is he afraid of waking the mother? Because she would still freak out if she found her son dead in his bedroom or something. You know, why is why is Jerry worried? I think I think he doesn't want. I thought I don't think he wants to be he so if she were to see him, she would be like that man threatened my child or he killed my child. Like he does not want to at all be linked to any kind of death. Oh shit. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, you know I mean he just wants to live next door. He wants to be like, you know, undercover with all this stuff. Yeah. And that's why he's so pissed off at Charlie because Charlie's like trying to blow his cover and he's like, we're not going to have this. And he did give Charlie the choice, just leave me alone. But he's like, this kid's going to be a dick. So, or I'm sorry, <laughs> be a jerk. So he's like, you know, I, I tried to play nice, but you're making this difficult. So we're done with that option. Yeah. It's like the vampire version of suburbia. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so mom's finally out and they both hear that crash downstairs. And this is where she mentioned that she's going to be starting the night shift tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So Charlie, of course, draws the curtains on the one, but then he sits down right by that open window where he saw Jerry the first go around with the sex worker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, he sits there, he turns on the Christopher Lee movie and everything. And then he gets that phone call. And it it's the vampire. He's like, he says, I know you're there, Charlie. I can see you. He's like, what's the matter, Charlie? Are you scared? You started. I'm going to finish it. I just destroyed your car. And he said, but that doesn't compare to what I'm going to do to you tomorrow night. Yeah. So and it's amazing is, how like a pencil can just like create such a such a bad wound, you know? What? Because, well, I think because it's like a wooden stake, it's a mini wooden stake, not through your heart, but through your hand. Oh, so it would like to the to this particular uh, species of vampire, it would be almost like an allergy to silver where it would cause pain no matter where it was. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I also think this is me. I also think with the whole transformation. It before the transformation, this was all kind of speculation on Charlie's part. Okay. But Charlie got a full right there in my room look at what this guy really is. So there's no going back from this. So Charlie has to be eliminated. Like there's no two ways. Oh, hell like, yeah. Yeah. He's gotta go. Does that make? Yeah, it does. Because yeah. at this point, he's like, even if he, even if nobody believes him, still Charlie knows like what he is. Exactly. And he's got it. He can't live. He's got to be eliminated. It's yeah. too late now. It's just too late. It's always like when, when you, I'm not making fun. Like people, they like, you know, like if you're in a situation and someone's got you or something or like, you know, and they're wearing a mask, you're, you're more likely to live in that situation. But if they were to take off the mask or say their name, yeah, they're yeah. going to have to eliminate you because then you can identify them. Right. You can't see their face unless they take right. off their mask or if they, do something foolish like hey joe come over here exactly <laughs> right right right, right. yeah 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 so while charlie's watching this he gets a great idea that hey um this host who claims to be a great vampire killer is the perfect person to help me out of this situation <laughs> so he hightails it down the next day to the studio where mr um uh Peter Vincent has been let go because of the low ratings of his show. And Charlie's trying to basically plead with him to help him. And Peter Vincent just wants to get home. Yeah. Um, until, um, let's see. No, wait, this, yeah, he just like, he's like, just like kind of tears off and leaves him alone. So, Back at the house, this is where Amy and Evil show up. And <laughs> Charlie, it's like here one, like exploded in his bedroom. There's so many lit candles all over the place. And he's got all the garlic and he's like sharpening all the steaks. Yeah, it, it looks like he became ultra religious at this point here. <laughs> and so this is when he reveals his plan. He's waiting for Billy to leave and he's going to go stake Jerry. And uh, this is where on the news again, there's another report that a woman's body has been discovered. 
And Amy's trying to talk him out of it because just in her mind, he's just going to go kill someone and that she does not want her boyfriend or lover or whatever it is that this day of the week to be uh, to end up in prison. <laughs> um, so then she mentions what about Peter Vincent? And he and, you know, tells him I tried to talk to him, but he w- he wouldn't help me. And she's like, well, what if we can get him to, to stop him uh, to stop the vampire for you? So they decide that she and evil are going to go talk to him um, and they just ask charlie to wait until they can talk to peter vincent yeah so they go to peter's apartment which is it's so sad he's just i don't know yeah i picture him living in this grandiose like hollywood apartment or something i mean hollywood home and everything and no he's just like in his little apartment with his like little memorabilia and he's got an <laughs> eviction notice he's going to be kicked out and um, he's thinking that they're there for an autographer for like a school interview or something like that. And she's like, no, it's more important. We're here to save a boy's life. Um, and then they bring up Charlie Brewster and then eventually um, Mr. Vincent remembers him and he still wants nothing to do with it because he feels like he needs psychiatric help, which anyone would think that. Right. Uh, but he changes his tune when Amy presents that she could give him a $500 savings bond. <laughs> now, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, Mr. Vincent's all in. That made me laugh. Uh, that's good. It's like $500? Sure. Right, right. Um, oh, this is another thing that's very cool. So... The vampire apparently has a penchant for cuckoo clocks. Oh, yeah. Letting him know when it's time to wait or when dawn is arriving or when it like nightfall is arriving. Right. So my husband has a penchant for cuckoo clocks and his house and my house are not too far off. <laughs> We've got a lot of cuckoo clocks. So um, it gets noisy twice a day. Huh? Yeah, uh, no, like on the hour. <laughs> oh, every hour? Wow. Yeah, yeah. But Walt, that made Walt very excited to see all the cuckoo clocks. I think he had cuckoo envy. Um, but anyway, so all the kooks are going off. And this is where Billy answers the phone. And we have that uh, scene of, of uh, Jerry coming downstairs yawning and everything. Um, but they realize that they don't have to go attack Charlie because they're going to be, um, be being paid a visit by Mr. Uh, um, uh, help me, Mr. Peter Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> Mr. I always want to call him Peter Price, Mr. Vincent, <laughs> um, because he's going to be bringing along Charlie from next door to prove to him that Mr. Um, Jerry uh, Dan- Dandridge mm-hmm. yep. um, is not a vampire by having him drink holy water. Um, and he's agreed to do this as long as they don't bring crosses um, uh, to the residents. Oh, so, yeah, because he uh, he says that he's a born again right. or something like that. And he believes crosses are sacrilegious. Yes. So the next night we have Charlie and Amy and Evil waiting on the lawn and they were supposed to be picked up at or met at six o'clock. Uh, but Mr. Vincent's running a little late, obviously trying to talk himself into doing this, I'm thinking. But he he does appear and the. uh the group proceed next door. Um, so clearly Mr. Vincent's portraying a role here. He's not, you know, buying any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he leaves his like bag in the car and Charlie's like, no, you're going to need more than just that holy water. And he's like, no, I've just got to test him just to see for myself that he's a vampire. Um, but Charlie's wanting like the whole kit and caboodle and everything to be brought with him. But he's like, no, we're just going to bring this holy water. And then again, our vampire shows up, you know, 
just wearing a sweater and eating an apple. And he comes downstairs. <laughs> um, he's wearing that super 80s gay outfit, dude. <laughs> to me, a super 80s gay outfit would be a leather harness and button and assless chap. So okay, he's no, not bro. wearing that. <laughs> no, he's not wearing that. He's wearing a uh <laughs> a uh preppy gay outfit, I guess. Yeah, he looks very preppy, yeah. which honestly is just very 80s. Like he's got a very 80s look. Like they start styled him like super 80s. because mm-hmm. um, that preppy look was very in at the time. Um Oh, and I have written down here that Evil Ed's like full name is Ed Thompson. That's his like that's his legit name. Okay, oh, anyway. I didn't know that. Okay. I wrote that down because it comes into play later. Um, anyway, so um Billy lets them in, they're all inside. Um then the vampire's kind of being all smarmy and everything, but he his mood changes when he spies Amy in the group. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he gives her that little kiss on the hand, and you could tell like immediately she's like totally smitten. Um, if you're quiet enough, I think you can actually hear her panties moisten. <laughs> I, I heard them drop down a little bit, you know, exactly. Dropped exactly. a few inches. Yeah. And then even Ed is kind of like taken with the guy. Like he's just very suave and charming and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Charlie even makes a crack about his coffin downstairs and everything. Um, and then this is where like Jerry reveals that the police were involved earlier and the, like the group even kind of like turns on Charlie. So they're like, they're almost like really against Charlie and yeah quickly. Um, so they present uh Jerry with the vial of holy water and he drinks it, nothing happens. Um, but Charlie is not convinced. Um, and he says maybe the water wasn't blessed, and he pulls out a cross. The vampire kind of recoils a little bit. Um and um uh, this is where Vincent's like, you know, you've caused your friends enough. Oh, wait, no. Um, the vampire says that you've caused your friends enough pain. You wouldn't want to cause them any more, would you? Yeah. Kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm going to F them up if you don't quit this shenanigans of yours. So they escort the three of them out, but they Billy uh, kind of blocks Charlie's way out. As yeah. they're leaving... <laughs> <laughs> this is where Peter Vincent has that little compact thing and he has a mirror inside and he realizes that he does not see Jerry's reflection. Mm-hmm. He can see everybody else. Yes. And so he's like, holy shit, this Charlie kid might be telling the truth. Um, but he drops it in the interim, causing it to break. And a little fraction of the mirror is left on the floor inside the vampire's home. So... Outside, Peter is in a hurry to leave. And this is where Charlie kind of like um kind of confronts him. He's like, What what's up? And then this is where Peter's like, Yeah, I, I think you're onto something, but like I'm not sticking around for this. Um, and then Ed wants to take off, but Charlie's like, No, we're gonna walk Amy home together first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Peter Vincent, like it just got everything just got suddenly real for him. And he's yeah, like, I like want way no too part real. of this. No, no part whatsoever. Um which I kind of like how quickly he believed it. Mm-hmm. Cause I would think in reality people would just talk themselves out of it. Like, oh, I didn't really see that. I you know, he's like, No, this is like we're dealing with a real vampire. Um, 
The crazy thing is he didn't look not once, but twice, like to make sure that yes, he was exactly. seeing what he saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so inside, Billy and Jerry, um, well, I think this was kind of like where I really clued in that, yeah, there may be more to their relationship than just platonic because um, Billy's wiping his face off as Jerry's pulling his pants up. And they're talking about how now no one is going to believe Charlie's like outrageous story about this. And then Billy is putting his shoes and socks on, but he doesn't have anything else on other than that. And (laughs) Jerry steps on the mirror fragment and then realizes, oh, wait a minute. I think we've been found out. You must be talking about the director's cut. The Paul Verhoeven cut. Yeah, the Paul Verhoeven cut. <laughs> the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> the NC-17 Fright Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But this is where they're like, oh, no, Peter Vincent is on to us. Yeah. So outside, they are walking Amy home, and Evil wants to cut through a dark alleyway. And they're like, oh, no. No, 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 we stick together. Well, Evil's like, you may be an idiot, but I'm not an idiot. I don't believe in this stuff. I'm going to go through this alley. So they part ways and immediately they hear a scream. They run back and then Evil, of course, has been bit on the neck and they are all freaked out about it. And Charlie leans down and this is where Evil reveals that he's going to bite him and he's going to give him a hickey. The whole thing was just a joke. (laughs) But I really think he wanted to give him a hickey. Uh, I don't want to go there um, at all. I'm so sorry. I just, this person, I can't, I can't. Um, so aggravated Amy and Charlie take off on their own, leaving Ed to fend for himself, walking down that misty, dark alley. So you see the mist come pouring in, you hear the footsteps. And of course, you know, we all know it's not going to work out well for Ed as it does not no. because we see Jerry turn the corner and then Ed takes off running and he trips and falls, gets back up. And we still have the vampire stalking him. It leads to a dead end alley and then it's misty. And then Jerry pops up behind him. This is where we see that the vampire is playing on evil's insecurities about mm-hmm. being an outsider, and he uses his full name to address him. He oh, calls him Ed okay. Thompson. Um, and this is where he's like, you know, you know, if you stick with me, I'm going to see you for what you really are, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of like wraps Ed in like his, not really a vampire cape, it's more like a coat he's wearing, like a trench coat almost. Um, and you see the fangs come out and you hear that scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so, that leather jacket, man. What it's like a duster with? almost, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I'm just going to ask you this. I, You don't have to answer if you're not secure. I'm not, I mean, some people are secure in this. Some people are not. Some people, whatever. Do you find the vampire to be a handsome man? Not that you want to have sex with it, but you can look at people no, and say no. they're attractive. They're not attractive. I don't particularly find uh, Mr. Sarandon to be like, I would not want him to be my vampire. <laughs> he looks more like a, 
like a uncle or father figure type. Yeah, to um, me, he's not all like. Uh, he doesn't exude like okay, like like Valak from uh, John Carpenter's Vampires is more like the uh, like the uh, I guess you would say erotic kind of vampire. Yeah, this guy seems kind of douchey to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, just, he almost seems like just a step up from a car. Not no offense, but like when you're thinking of like a sleazy car salesman yeah to me he seems like just a step above that well he's he's got this attitude like we know right from the start where he likes to screw with people and he's kind of a jerk yeah Uh, and so maybe Uh, that falls into his personality um yeah i just to me he's not like an attractive it's not like uh oh who would i like i even think of like kiefer Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> from the Lost Boys or or the guy from, um, you know, the same guy from Lost Boys who was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's like those kind of cool looking vampires with like the long hair. And this would almost be like if David Hasselhoff were a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit. There's a little bit of cheesiness, I think, to him. Yeah. To me, I don't know. No offense to Mr. Hasselhoff either, but oh, yeah, man, that would be funny. David Hasselhoff is a vampire. Yeah, but anyway, so the, I just want to get your your take on it. Um, so the two of them hear the scream, but they're like they're not going to fall for this again. So they just kind of move on at first. Um, then the lights, the street lights, go out, and then they see that power box that's been basically ripped apart, and they freak out and they take off running. Yeah. It wasn't the power box right next to them. Yeah. Like right next to that kind of back up a little bit and it's been torn out, which makes you assume that he moves very quickly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Okay. So this next one, I want to get your take on this. So they run to a group of people and it looks for all intents and purposes, like they're in a line to like get into a function of some sort, like a show or a concert or something. Yeah. But the people keep giving them trouble like they're butting into line. So they they leave the line and take off running again. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, screw you. There's someone after me. I'm going to stay with this crowd. I would not have took off because the crowd was giving me trouble. What would you have done? I don't know, but I think that, you know, knowing what Jerry might do. Maybe it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I just to me, I wouldn't let that. I would not have let that crowd force me to run off again. I would have been like, no, screw you. I know what I'm facing. I want to be with people. Yeah, which Um, also doesn't make sense, because then when they when they get inside of that nightclub, they're surrounded by people. And that's where Charlie gets a little brave. He's like, what are you going to do? Kill me in front of all these people? Right. Yes. So, yeah. So what they do is they actually flee to uh, like a window that leads them into a club. Yeah. Yeah. Now, really quick. um, There's a movie called Body Double. It's a Brian De Palma movie. Any chance you've seen that one? I might have. I know I've heard of it. Yeah. Maybe you talked about it before. Okay. so this club is the same club that they use for Body Double. Just putting that out there. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So like you said, so they end up in the club and the vampires in there with them. And uh, Charlie's trying to call the police. And while he's doing that, basically, Amy gets entranced by the vampire. 
Yeah, something so was she, up. Yeah, <laughs> so she's like drawn towards him and they're out on the dance floor and they're getting all like sexy good times on the floor and everything. Yeah, and he, um, uh, Jerry's got, he's got eyes for her now because as we learned from like the painting and from what uh, his uh, care t- in daytime caretaker said, doesn't she look just like uh, so-and-so from the past? And And Jerry's like, yeah, exactly like her. Right, yeah. Now, while this is going on, we are privy to a scene at the apartment owned by Mr. Vincent because. Oh, boy, this is this is terrifying. (laughs) Yes. Um, Evil has showed up and he shows. um, Peter, the bite marks on his neck. And he reveals that he knows that Mr. Vincent is nothing more than a fake. Right. He's not the great vampire hunter. Exactly. Well, so. Okay. Anyway, I want to talk to you about this. So he pulls out a crucifix, sticks it on the forehead, and it burns him. Burns evil on the forehead. Yeah. So I did. I wanted to speak on this, too, because. You go. (laughs) All right. We come to like evil said, you've you've got to have faith. You've got to have like absolute faith. And as we know, like Peter Vincent apparently doesn't have enough faith or something. And so would it burn like firstborn vampires and like um, older vampires? It doesn't work on maybe like you really you've got to have faith behind you. But like with baby vampires, it just kind of works automatically. Like, is that the way it goes? Right. because Okay. So what Rob is referring to is because much later in the film, Peter Vincent tries this and it doesn't work and is pointed out because he doesn't have faith, behind, you know, backing this crucifix up. Yeah. So I'm like, if it didn't work later, it shouldn't have worked now. Right. It shouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. Right. Or if he didn't have faith to me, he wouldn't have had faith this time, but maybe later he would have not the opposite order. <laughs> That's true. I never thought of that. Okay, so I'm glad that you and I are on the same page with this one because I thought the exact same thing. Okay, but anyway, so yeah, he does burn that crucifix like into his forehead and everything, and it causes him to freak out. And he's like, "What have you done to me? The master will kill you for this." Slowly, <laughs> <laughs> and then so Ed just jumps out the window to escape. Yeah, um, and this was another stopped. let's. Oh. There we oh, go again. My bot's back. I got to figure out how to turn her yeah. off <laughs> and make her put her top back on because clearly she knows you're here with me. <laughs> this was another let's watch moment, too, because uh, while oh, that yeah. whole thing was happening, Peter Vincent's just kind of standing there in awe like, oh, no, what did I just do? Oh, dear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we're at the club and there's more of this like jiggity dance thing. Now, I do like where we get the scene with Amy dancing with him. But of course the club is mirrored in some parts and we see her turning, but there's no Jerry with her in the reflection. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And she, I think she wakes up out of her trance at that point when she doesn't see his reflection and she's like, Oh, this is not good. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Oh, really quick. (laughs) So apparently, um, Mr. Sarandon said that the vampire fingers, the prosthetics, made it really hard to pee. 
Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Okay, so we can go right back. Um, so, um, oh, we, okay, we kind of skipped this too. Amy is also spilled the beans that she paid Peter Vincent. Like the whole thing was a ruse and she paid him. And Charlie doesn't care. He wants the phone number, how he can reach, you know, Peter via phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. We need to get that in there. Okay. All right. So while this is all happening, Charlie goes to the dance floor to confront Jerry. And Jerry basically just kind of grabs his hand and kind of like almost like snaps it. Okay. And while they're out there having this confrontation, the bouncers come to break up the fight. Oh, yeah. And this is uh, the little bit of bloodbath at the nightclub. All right. But there were two bouncers. They're both African-American. Mm -hmm. One was on the stouter side. One was on the thinner side. Right. They're both bald. Okay. The one that gets killed first played Ali in Friday the 13th Part 3. Wait, Ali was who now? The biker guy. The guy so that I thought got both his arms chopped off, but it was just one arm? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so there's Ali, Fox, and Loco. Okay. He was Ali. I love this man so much. I love Friday 13th Part 3 so much. <laughs> I'm like, we were watching, I'm like, that's the guy. That's that's Ali from the Friday 13th Part 3. Oh, yeah. man. That's one yeah. of my favorites, too. I think the barn scene was my absolute favorite when he's, uh, Jason is you know, stringing up the girl biker and then uh, he Fox, goes and yeah. cuts the arm off. Now, in my mind, I thought that the guy got both of his arms chopped off by Jason and he was mm -hmm. fighting with no arms. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that's what I believed for the longest time. I was like, you mean the guy who got his arms chopped off and is kicking at Jason? Uh, now, I will say this and we can get off this because this is I don't want to make this show forever. It still makes me sad that Fox died because I loved her. Like Fox is one of my favorite, favorite. Annie's my all-time favorite from number one. I love Annie, but Fox is up there. I really like Fox. I love um, those punk rock girls, man. She was awesome. She yeah. was sweet. Um, anyway, so he kills both of these bouncers, which causes chaos to break out in the club. Everyone's fleeing. Mm -hmm. This also causes Amy to be separated from Charlie and forces her into uh, Jerry's grasp. Yep. Okay. Now, Charlie runs out of the club. We see the um, Billy and Jerry's vehicle pulling away, and Ed is in the back laughing maniacally. Yeah, and why do vampires need a vehicle if they can fly? Or can I guess, the I guess, only one who well, can fly? Well, Billy couldn't fly. And yeah. what, how would you get Amy there? If you're a little tiny bat, I guess if you're a big bat creature, hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you blend in. Maybe. Yeah. I just thought that was odd because in no part, except for this one, do we see them like driving a vehicle other than when, um, when, uh, his uh, partner or whatever is getting rid of the bodies, you know, he's right, packing right, them yeah. into a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. To blend in. I really think a lot of this is about blending in like, you know, like, Going under the radar. Yeah, probably. But wait a minute. Wasn't the vehicle. Okay. 
The one that uh, Evil was in was a Jeep, was it not? Yes, because I wrote that down. Yeah, and so uh, I thought that, what's the guy's name, Bill? Billy, uh-huh. Uh, I thought he had a car, not a Jeep. Mm, no, I thought they were all, no, because it was, the other vehicle with the ca- with the casket was bigger too, because he had to let the thing down to get the casket out. Okay. So I don't know. I was thinking it was like a a Cadillac kind of thing. Because he was gay? No, just because I thought like a Cadillac. (laughs) Cadillac This is not the podcast for homophobia. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he had a little Kia. (laughs) (laughs) You know, totally electric. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and the buffer sticker said I break for hot dads. <laughs> no. Okay, we're back on track. Okay. So we're back at Peter's apartment and Charlie's pounding on the door. And I love how like Peter won't open the door. Like he's just got that little chain. Yeah. Charlie in. <laughs> um, um, but he does give him that crucifix test, which again, if he didn't have faith, it wouldn't matter. Right. It doesn't it doesn't okay. mean a thing whatever okay so uh, mr vincent's packing because he's playing on booking it out of there and he's like uh charlie's like the police won't help and now they've taken amy and we've got to save her um and then so this is also when uh uh mr vincent comes clean about amy paying him and um charlie kind of plays to peter's like ego and talks him up and everything um and Peter just like flat out says, you know, I'm, I'm scared. I'm terrified of all this. Um, and he's like, you know, if you don't help me, Amy's going to die and I might die. And he just like pleads with him to help. So back at the vampire's house, we see that cassette tape is placed in there. And then Amy's on that. See, this is how I know that they're gay because (laughs) a straight man would not dress her like that. She's got this nice, like Marilyn Monroe-esque, like long flowing white dress. And she's laid out on that little fur, whatever it was. A gay man. That's a gay man doing that. A straight man would not do this. I'm telling you that right now. That's a, um, that's gay seduction right there. Exactly. Yeah. Like a straight man would just have her like in a football jersey and like maybe a blanket. <laughs> She'd get a beer. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So anyway, so this is when she spies her portrait. And then Jerry comes in and says that she reminds him of someone he knew a long time ago. Um, he's becoming all like the seductive vampire kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and she's like, where am I? Where's Charlie? Uh, and then like, he's like got his shirt open, he slides it off. And now they're in the front of the fireplace and they're kissing and everything. And then she does that little squeal thing and then does like the back of the dress. And like, we get like, we get that she's nude, but we don't see, you know, Amanda nude, which I'm glad. Cause I like, I like Amanda. I don't feel that she should have to do a nude scene if she doesn't want to. Um, but so like he, they're like kissing and making out and everything. And then we see the fangs and then she's bit and we see the blood kind of trickle down her back. Yeah. Um, and you get that little orgasmic kind of squeal from her. Right. And I think it's better that um, this movie wasn't full of breasts and nudity. Like we got a little bit of exposition, but it wasn't like out there so much that there was just, nude scenes everywhere you know speak for yourself um, <laughs> oh did you want to see we should got a billy butt we should got a jeff butt we should not have gotten ed nudity at all 
Um, I'm still <laughs> mad about that. Um, apparently, okay, so apparently really fast, he got this role, um, Ed, the actor, uh, Jeffrey, uh, Stephen Jeffries. So he applied for Weird Science audition. He auditioned okay. for Weird Science, okay? And the casting director obviously went to Anthony Michael Hall, but the casting director was so like kind of taken with him that they, I think, I believe it was a woman. She remembered him and um, wanted him for the part of Ed in this movie. And that's how he got it was because of the weird science thing. Was she like taken with his screechy voice? Maybe. I don't know what, but <laughs> I would have rather seen Anthony Michael Hall <laughs> than Mr. Jeffries. Well, I think Mr. Jeffries played off of the part because like, can you imagine Anthony Michael Hall trying to be weird, like as evil? I can imagine Anthony Michael Hall nude. Okay. Before I could this guy. Um, okay. I see where your mind is at now. Yeah. No, I remember sitting in the theater and when that scene come, came up being generally aggravated because I'm like, okay, so we get nudity, but we get nudity from this guy. Like it should have been an actor that I would want to see nude, <laughs> not this guy. I was very mad. Okay. So anyway, so it's all windy and we're at the vampire house and Charlie's outside and it's all like, you know, it's, it's your typical horror movie. You know, it's all windy and misty and everything. Yeah. And wasn't there like mist get, billowing from the rooftop and everything? Oh, eventually that gets wackadoo as things. I mean, yeah. it's like my mom is trapped in the attic just <laughs> chain smoking is what it looks like. <laughs> Joyce is upstairs. Um, but we get that little jump scare that like, uh, when Mr. Vincent shows up kind of behind Charlie. Oh yeah. But this time he's come prepared and he's um, actually got his uh, real gun from orgy of the dam to take care of Billy and the two approach and they're going to go inside. And then they're like, we should go around back, but then the door creaks open, which I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to, you don't want to choose that option then, but they do go in the front door yeah. and slam shut behind him. Um, and then you get that like flapping sound and it's more like a, POV from overhead, but it sounds like a bat. So clearly Jerry's like watching him. Yep. He's there. He's like, that's why I opened the front door for you. You're right. And then like, of course, Mr. Vincent's like, why don't we come back at dawn when Jerry will be in his coffin? <laughs> um, but then Charlie's like, no, if we wait till then, you know, we run the risk of Amy being, you know, hurt or dead or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we see that upstairs, Jerry is coming towards them on the on the landing and he's dragging those like vampire nails <sighs> across the railing. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you this. Do you have uh, you, like you said before that you have tactile things, right? OK, keep going. Um. Well, when he was. Oh, man, it's, I can't. It, it makes my teeth itch talking about it. But oh, like the, the when he's the yes, when he's dragging his nail against that wood, it just really, really bothered me. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It's I have a thing about long nail, like long nails, like it's it gives me the hibbity jibbities. Um, yeah, but we'll that nail, go. like nails on anything, as but especially like chalkboards or newspaper or wood. Oh man, I ah, uh, just like talking about it is bothering me. <laughs> It, it just yeah, like that that was a really difficult scene. I'm glad it did not drag out for long because that just set me on edge. I was like, oh, oh this is yeah. worse than any horror movie I've seen. 
Well, and then that's when I thought, is he gay? Because I thought a gay man wouldn't let those nails go that long unless he was doing drag. And then I thought, well, maybe he is. Gay. I just I was so torn. Um, so <laughs> unless anyway, he was I a lo- vampire. <laughs> right. And then I thought, wow. Anyway, so um, and I hope everyone knows I'm joking. Please, people don't get upset. I'm just being so silly. Um, so and I love the line where he's like, welcome to Fright Night for real. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. Welcome that's to Fright Night cool. for real. Yeah. And they went and then Charlie's like, where's Amy? And then this is where, again, Peter Vincent pulls out the cross and Jerry just starts laughing because he doesn't have faith, which he had a little bit ago, but now it's gone. Um, (laughs) And then I, I, okay, I get where there's silly moments, but we did not need where the camera pans down in the corners, George Michael, and he's playing, you got to have faith. I thought we don't that's stupid Um, yeah that was dumb um I could have done without that um anyway no um so then he just like uh laughs him off and everything he's like that's not gonna work but then Chris uh Chris Char I don't know why I wanted to be crystal bad Charlie pulls out his cross and this is where Jerry backs off but then Billy just like socks him right in the face and Charlie kind of like (laughs) <laughs> topples backwards yeah he takes a tumble yeah and then then peter just flips out and takes off next door looking for his mom looking for mrs brewster yeah so when did uh charlie get faith like did he always have it because that was never something that was talked about but it seems like uh charlie's faith in the cross is you know it can it can make i, I wanted to call him chris but it's jerry dandridge it can make him back off you know I think this is me. I think that the fact that Charlie knows there's a vampire, the fact that he believes so strongly that this host who's just an actor, but he really believes he can help him with this. Mm-hmm. I think that he has faith. Like he just believes in this. Okay. And I think that just carries, I don't know this religious faith for Charlie. I think it's. The, so it's just it, faith that this will work. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's where I'm going with this. He has faith. Um, and George Michael's there to back him. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So Peter Vincent's inside the Brewster home. The phone's been cut. Um, and then we get that up still upstairs reveal with evil in bed. And where did How he get? How did he? Keep going. Keep Where going. Where did he Keep get going. the Raggedy Ann wig? That's... Did he have time to knit this thing? Where did this come did from? Did he take a mob head and dye it red and then put it on? But it was perfect. It yeah. wasn't just like threw yarn on his head. It was like a legit Raggedy Ann wig. Yeah, totally. Like, was did his mom, like Charlie's mom, just have it laying around or something? It was so odd. I don't know. I don't know. And even like, why would Peter Vincent be like, that's mom? Because no, it's like yarn. It's yarn hair. It's not like a wig. It's yeah, you definitely, even if it was, wig. yeah, even if it was dark and a little sliver of light was coming through, you would notice like <laughs> real hair from yarn. No, I don't know. I love it. Whatever. And then, uh, then like evil's like, you know, going on about she works night, but she left him a note that like, you know, dinner's in the oven. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then this is where, um, that he, uh, doesn't he, no. Oh, this is okay. 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 So then 
Mr. Vincent's freaked out by all this. He's backing up away from the bedroom. He falls over a table, kind ah, of crashes yes. down the, yep. by the railing, mm-hmm. which causes some of the rails to break loose. I thought that was a table leg. Okay, so. maybe a table leg. Something something is broken loose and it's sticking like sharp and it's wooden and it's upward. Yeah. Okay, so we're it, together on that. Yep. All right, so around the corner of the bedroom, we now get a wolf. So apparently um, Ed can take on different forms now as this creature that he is. He's become a wolf now. He's not a bad creature. He's a wolf. Mm. He comes charging towards Mr. Vincent. He inadvertently becomes impaled on a wooden stake, hits the chandelier, tumbles down, and is mortally wounded. Yeah. On the lower level. So this we get another let's watch moment as Peter Vincent goes downstairs and he sees that the wolf is now becoming Ed again. Completely nude. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> a very long let's watch moment because very long. Yeah, very long. At um, one point, we saw the flesh reconstitute on his hand, like go from a dog paw to skeleton and then the skin kind of coalescing there and forming back onto his hand like a human hand. Yes. And then and then like the little hands reaching out and, and like. I think oh, Roddy's man. really good about this because you can tell he's like kind of like sympathetic, maybe a little empathetic mm-hmm. with what he's going through. And he kind of reaches out to touch him and he's like, nah, I don't know about that. And then, you know, Eddie <laughs> dies. But then the cross that was burnt on his forehead also disappears. Yeah. That, uh, so, did, okay, does these vampires, they don't turn into dust. They don't just evaporate. This isn't Blade. So maybe he, re- after he was killed, he reverted back to human form. So therefore the the cross that was burned onto his forehead would be gone because he's well, human again. Yeah. And like stick a pin in that on two things. Okay. That and then the whole dust thing that you just said. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. So, okay. So now, all right. So now we're back at the vampire house and we see that Chris, no, no. Charlie has been thrown. I'm so sorry about that. Charlie has been thrown into the same room where Amy is being kept after she's been, you know, transformed. And then Jerry throws a stake in there with him. He says, you're going to need that just before dawn. So Charlie rolls over Amy and we see that she's got fangs and then Charlie screams. And her hair grew. Yeah. What's with that? Anyway. Okay. Yeah. What's with that? Okay. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. Here we go. Um, Or, or did Billy sneak in and give her extensions because he's a hairdresser during the day? Um, Stereotype. I'm just joking. He works at Ron of Racine. (laughs) All right. So back at the Brewster house, um, Mr. Vincent's no idiot. He's like, Hey, this took care of one. So I'm going to just like, you know, take this railing part out of the body and take it with me. Mm -hmm. This is where we see that, like, (laughs) my mother and my aunt and my grandfather are all up in the attic of the vampire house smoking because there's just mist and fog billowing out of every (laughs) opening of that building next door. They've got a hookah going there. Something's going on. Yeah. So now they're back inside and Peter Vincent has his bag and everything in the railing. And he's knocking on the door and he finds right off the bat where Charlie is with Amy. 
And he's like, make noise so I can break in without them knowing I'm here. Mm -hmm. So Charlie starts pounding on the door, which at first Jerry and Billy, because they're down in the lower level, they are thinking that Amy is now transforming and she's going to feed on him. But then Jerry wisens up. He's like, no, we've got company. Peter Vinson is here. So once inside, Peter gets a, a, a glance at Amy and he realizes what's happened to Amy as well. So we get that POV shot of, you know, basically the Jerry's like looking, you know, inside from the window outside and Billy is approaching. And this is where uh, Mr. Vincent shoots him in the head. Mm-hmm. And we think that's that. We do. And then, uh, no, Charlie stops Jerry with the cross. And he says, we have him. And then Jerry says, do you? Well, Billy comes back up the stairs and then Mr. Vincent just shoots him again and again and again. But he keeps rising back up mm-hmm. until Charlie stakes him. And then Billy just starts melting he gets all gooey and yeah. then turns to dust and then basically like hits the floor and just shatters into a bunch of bone fragments. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Like a, a green goo turns into sand and then the sand turns into just like little bone pieces. So is he a ghoul? Is he a what is he? I'm I'm wondering that too. Like I was going to say maybe ghoul or zombie, like something that Renfield would have been maybe like, you know, cause Renfield wasn't entirely human cause he was under Dracula's um, control or thrall or whatever. And he would eat bugs and he was like this really twisted kind of being. But I think um, Renfield technically was human. He was just under his control like dracula was his master but i don't think he was any kind of unstoppable creature i don't think i thought like maybe his blood had somehow changed him into something that wasn't quite alive or dead i don't know or is it the prolonged consumption of vampiric semen (laughs) oh that turned green (laughs) (laughs) no i just wonder what kind of creature he was like it really isn't addressed and it does not necessarily matter I would just like to know, like, you know, did Mr. Holland have a concept in mind for what he was? I was just curious. And I want to know if you thought. Yeah, because I I was under the impression that he was just kind of like a human uh, daytime guardian. But it turns out. Yeah, clearly the daytime meant nothing to this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. All right. So we're moving on. All right. So, you know, back in the room, Amy's not doing well at all. And we have that shot where Mr. Vincent's looking out the window and right out the window is Jerry because he's retreated outside the window. So the two men, Charlie and uh, Peter, head in to get her. And this is where that Jerry from the outside up on the rooftop is commanding her to awaken. And he bids that she should kill them. Mm -hmm. All right. So. They hear that he is on the roof and Charlie's heading up to the roof and Mr. Vincent's heading to get Amy. Well, now she's like a full on vampire. This is like she got the like the hair and everything. And so this time his cross works and. um, Mr. Vincent locks Amy in the room. 
So we get the window reveal that Jerry's right outside, um, like basically right next to Mr. Vincent, separated by that pane of glass. Charlie sees this, and then they hear that knocking downstairs, and that draws Charlie's attention right as um, the vampire crashes through that big round stained glass window at the top of the steps. Mm -hmm. Mr. Vincent pulls out the cross. Jerry recoils and then laughs. And then um, he makes that crack about faith again. This time, Peter Vincent displays the cross and it, um, and it works just a little bit. And then there's that little sun kind of comes like, you can tell it's like rising back behind the vampire. Oh the yeah. He's, clock he starts says, to shine. we don't need to, we don't need, we got you now or something like look behind Yeah, he's like, you. you're out of time. Yeah. yeah. And that little sunbeam starts to burn him and he flies off and becomes that like total bad creature thing. Mm-hmm. Really and he disgusting kind of pins, looking bad. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let me do this. And then I'm going to talk about that. Um, and then, so he's got Mr. Vincent pinned to the ground. And while this is happening, Charlie comes to the rescue, but then the bat actually bites Charlie while he's trying to assist Mr. Vincent. Oh Yeah. The sunlight forces Jerry the bat down to his coffin really quick. That bat was made for Ghostbusters, but it was deemed too scary to use in the film. So it was repurposed for this film. What? Ghostbusters was pretty damn scary. Yeah, but they, the creature design was deemed too frightening for children. Oh, wow. Interesting. Huh. Oh, and apparently... um. Mr. Jeffries had a nude scene and that was cut from Ghostbusters because it was also too scary for children. No, he did not. <laughs> uh, it's like he wasn't in Ghostbusters. His whole character was cut. For being too scary. His whole, he, was, he, he got replaced by Slimer. Right. <laughs> um, so now we're in the basement and we have Mr. Vincent and Charlie looking around. Um, and that's where they hear that squeak noise and they decide to split up, which I'm like, you should not split up. Yeah. Don't split up when dealing with a vampire. So this is where Charlie comes face to face with sultry Amy. And she's got a big old Joker grin. Yeah. That mouth thing is like frightening, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It's unnerving. That looks like something from evil dead right there. Oh yeah, totally. And then Mr. Vincikai discovers that little secret room that can, that uh, kind of conceals the, the, the coffin. Oh and yeah. The, yeah. But he can't yeah, get into it cause it's locked. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then you get like Amy and now that talk about evil dead. This is like an evil dead moment because she's like using her Amy voice to like, kind of like play on all the promises that like Charlie's made to her and everything. Oh and yeah. Then she attacks him. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was like a very creepy evil dead moment too. But like she's um, talking with her regular voice, but she's got that yes. big old smile, like fang yes, smile exactly. on her face and everything. Yeah. So now Mr. Vincent's kind of trying to pry open the coffin while Charlie's uh, been pinned by Amy. And this is where Peter has staked the vampire and the vampire like does that rising thing where he just like his whole stiff body just like rises up out of the casket. Oh yeah. With the and did you, still in him. Yeah. Did you notice that he missed the heart? That's what Walt said. He's like, they always aim for the shoulder. Yeah. It went into his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you idiot. That's not where your heart is. Right. Right. Um, so Charlie makes like a break in the window that, which buys Peter more time. 
while dealing with this vampire. And they begin shattering more and more windows, which lets more and more sunlight in, kind of like showering the vampire with little bits of sunlight, which yeah. slows him down some. And it stops him from attacking because they're strategically placed in the sunlight so he can't get at them. And wisely, Mr. Vincent slams the coffin lid down so Jerry can't get back into it. All right. No retreat. Yes. Um, and then Charlie reveals one final shaft of light, which causes the vampire to erupt into flames. Green and, flames. Yes. And the two men kind of like shelter Amy by like laying on top of her and everything. And you get that calming music that plays and everything and the couple hug. And then eventually Mr. Vincent joins them. And then George Michael's in the background. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then, never mind. I didn't so now it's nighttime. Okay. And you get that panning shots of the two homes. And there's kind of like creepy music playing. And the couple are back on the bed making out. And it's revealed that Fright Night's back on with the original host. And, um, he does that little, uh, Mr. Vincent does that little uh, look at the camera. He says, let the vampires rest, um, rest, right, Charlie? And he starts playing a movie about aliens. Yeah. Uh, it's Mars wants flesh. Yeah. Is that a play on like Mars needs women? Maybe, probably, I guess. But this is what I want to talk to you about. So Charlie spies these two like little red dots next door. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a setup for the next film. But okay, so anyway, and then so like, I mean, Amy's like, what is it? And he's like, nothing. And then you hear Ed say, you're so cool, Brewster. Oh, so yeah. And explain to me how this is going to work out if it is a setup. Oh. He's, he's been he's been staked. We saw him transform. The crucifix went away. How is this going to work out? To me, that seemed like a tacked on afterthought. I felt. I think that was just part of like uh well, as for evil anyway, um, that was just part of like uh, maybe a line that kind of stuck in somebody's head and they, they're like, oh, this is going to stick. Because if you remember in the second film, um, Jerry, Jerry's uh, child or like his uh, sired vampire or something, that's who comes after Charlie. I, I think, I mean, I haven't seen the movie. Well, the in second so long. one is his sister. Oh, his sister. Okay. Yes. That's where the female vampire comes in. Yeah. And so I think that set of eyes that Charlie sees at the end of the film would be like his sister in this being the setup for like the second film. Okay. Oh, to me, if you're showing those eyes and then you're having Ed's voice, you're implying that that's Ed. That's yeah. Ed's eyes. And I'm Ed like, how would that play? Because we saw Ed. We saw Ed's demise. Right. We saw him revert back to human form and we saw the burn mark go away, which leads us to believe that he's no longer vampiric. Like in death, he's no longer vampiric. Mm -hmm. He's, I don't know. I just thought that was like ludicrous. Yes. Yeah. See, uh, on my end, I really didn't think too much into it other than somebody thought it was a cool line. So they figured they would tack it in at the end of the film. Mm, okay. I see where you're going. All right. Okay. So, Rob. Did you enjoy the film? I did. It's still among my favorites. Oh, that's awesome. Now, would you recommend the film? I would to uh, horror purists who are, you know, to everybody, actually. But 
like people who really dig 80s movies and like the 80s horror movies, specifically those with vampires. I mean, th- this has everything. And now you said the like, as far as the effects go, do you, you feel like they're not quite on par? Like they, uh, like the, iffy. The teeth, the like the vampire teeth. They got they got a little. Uh, they went wild with the vampire teeth, because mm-hmm. um, it after a while they stopped looking like vampires and looked more like uh, like Evil Dead kind of creatures. Uh. Um, but other than that, like, I like the bat effects. I like the, the melting person and, uh, I like the contact lenses, even though they were really painful. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I'm like, Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It, they did have some cool uh, practical effects and cool special effects. Yeah. Um, now I, let's see, what was my question? Do I do? Oh, I like the film. I do like the film. Um, I think it's very cleverly written. That to me, I think is the strength of the film. I think it's very well written for the most part. I mean, there's a couple of things that you're like, mm, that doesn't kind of make sense. But I think like it, it's a, it's smart in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love, I, okay. So well, I think we've discussed this before with other films. I feel that it is coming from a place of, a person that loves horror. Um, I feel that Mr. Holland probably grew up on like hammer horror films and old horror movies. And he really appreciates that. Um, And he kind of wanted to pay homage to those, those kinds of things. Um, And I think that's super awesome because I do love those kinds of movies too. Um, I really like the, uh, premise of like a vampire moving in next door and what that would look like. I think that's kind of fun. I am not a huge vampire fan. Um, it's probably one of my least favorite uh, like genres of films. Um, and that's just me again, everyone's opinion. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's got enough fun moments to make it like watchable. It's not like a, a movie that you're like watching the clock being like, is this over yet? That moves at a pretty good pace. Yeah. Um, it's very fun. Um, they have a lot of fun with it. I feel uh, I do love Roddy McDowell. I do love how, and, not, and not, I'm not talking about the characters per se, cause I don't think it's overtly gay. Like if you're not going to be like, Oh, this is so gay. I don't feel that, but I do love how so many people involved in it are, are of the LGBTQ community. I love that about it. Um, and not so much in this movie, but I love Amanda beers. I love her so much. And I love Roddy McDowell. Um, would I recommend the film? Oh, gosh, yes. It's to me, there are certain 80s films that if you're going to say I'm a horror fan, you need to see. And this is one of them. Yeah. Um, you just need to see Fright Night. Um, I The effects don't bother me. I think they're fun. I like that they had fun with it. Um, yes, they do go overboard with the teeth. But I think it just her whole look is super iconic. Um it's like they took the the Brides of Dracula uh, mythos and just like ran wild with it. Um, and I like that about it. I think yeah. it's super fun. Um, this is probably the only time you'll hear me say this. Uh, I did not need the nudity in this movie that I got. Um, 
<laughs> that's the one only time you'll hear me say that about a movie <laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't the person that you wanted to see <laughs> no <laughs> now if Dolph Lundgren had been evil <laughs> uh, Tom Selleck had been evil I would even have been willing to buy that he was like a high school student just to see that <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I mean, even David Hasselhoff is evil I would have been okay David with um, um, oh man that, yeah. that would have been funny Ron Jeremy is evil. Uh, oh, but no, yeah. I would have. No, no. <laughs> You're crossing a line there, pal. They would have been like, wait, he's still a werewolf. He hasn't transformed yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, I really had fun with it. I totally recommend it. Um, yeah. If, you, if you're a monster kid, creature feature, I want to see a monster movie tonight. Put this one on and you'll be okay. You'll, you'll, you'll be uh, in, in good, uh, in good uh, claws with this one. Yeah. And, um, we were talking about this before, but you're not a fan of the remake, right? It's not that I'm not a fan. I don't really remember it. I enjoyed it enough when I watched it. I watched it once, Rob, and it like seeped out of my brain. Oh, um, okay. Isn't Tony Collette in it? Um, maybe. Like I know Anton Yelchin plays Charlie, and uh, Colin Farrell is Jerry Dandridge. That's kind of all I remember. Hmm. I, I, for some reason, I thought Tony Collette was in it. Maybe I'm. Totally and the guy wrong. from Superbad plays evil. Nope, Tony Collette's in it. <laughs> That's the person I would remember. Tony oh, Collette. Okay. Yeah, I love Tony Collette. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't. Re- I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying I don't remember it. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I saw it once and then I, I moved on. Um, yeah. Now I do love Fright Night Part Two um, from '88. Yeah. Um, I would love to cover that one at some point in time. That one's got a lot of monsters in it, a lot of different creatures. Oh, hey, we'll um, get there. We will. Oh, yeah. But as far as next time we meet up, we're going to be doing um, Frank Henenlotter's Brain Damage from 1988. Yeah, a movie that I thought I had seen, but looking back, I definitely know that I have not seen it. I'm curious to get your spin on it. So, yeah, we will be discussing that one. Now, as far as getting a hold of us, I am always on the Instagram account at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And uh, if you want to recommend a movie or, uh, you know, nicely comment on the show, uh, whether it's good or bad, just as long as you're nice to us, uh, that's totally fine. Um, To me, the world's mean enough. You don't have to be mean to me. Um, I'm a teacher, so I get enough of that at at work. Um, But uh, I I always welcome uh, your interactions there. And then Rob. Yes, at OGMC. Wow. Look at me, my brain. It's getting late <laughs> in the day. Um, yes, that, that'll be mmccpod at gmail.com. Um, you don't have to be nice, but I would ask that you be civil. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah. And so there, aside from that hiccup, I think, <laughs> I think we're good to go. All right. And whether you're new to us or you've been with us for the beginning or halfway through, it does not matter. We appreciate you being here because the more the scarier. That's right. And until next week, we hope that you stay spooky. Spooky.